Thank you for listening to Simple Church, where we love God, love others, and serve our world. Tune in today for a life-changing message from our lead pastor, Tom Allen. I uh, want to greet all of you underdogs, okay, because that's what we're studying. And, and in a very real way, we are all underdogs. We've all felt that way at one time or another, and perhaps many times uh, through our lives. And as Christians, what God wants us to be is underdogs because uh, we've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. But as believers in Christ, we have the Holy Spirit of God in us. And so when we believe God, then he can take underdogs and make us top dogs. And that's what he did all through the Bible. He took people who didn't have the ability, didn't have the talent, didn't have the skills, and he made them extraordinary for him. Now, did those people, as you study the stories, and we've been studying, we'll look at another one today, as we read those, study, those stories, do you think those people had fear? Of course they did. Of course they did. But they believed in a God who was greater than their fear, and that's why underdogs became top dogs. We're going to see another one who did that today. But before we do that, I wanted to just mention to you, as I've been studying, there are the behavioral psychologists have identified over 2,000 fears that we have as human beings. Let me share three of them with you this morning. The first one is glossophobia. It's the fear of speaking in public. How many of you uh, have that fear? Would you raise your hand? Okay, good. Those of you who raise your hand, would you like to stand up and tell us about it? Uh, okay. <laughs> All right, maybe not. Um, the uh, a second fear is ablutophobia. Ablutophobia is the fear of washing or bathing. And I would ask you not to raise your hands on that one uh, because we already know. And so, uh, uh, and then there's another fear called homilophobia. Homilophobia, easy for me to say. Homilophobia, that's the fear of sermons. <laughs> now, what's interesting when you study about fear is that there are only two fears that we're born with. We're born with the fear of falling, and we're born with the fear of loud noises. Otherwise, every one of those 2,000-plus fears that we can have as human beings are learned fears. They're learned. We learn them. We weren't born with them. We learned them. And so if we learn them, then we can unlearn them. And so today we're going to study the life of an underdog named Beniah. And there are very few verses in the Bible about him. And yet he was a very powerful man. Hardly anyone knows about him. But he was very much used of God. And uh, so here's his story, this powerful underdog. Let me give you some facts about him, first of all. One of, he was one of the top five soldiers in Israel's army. David had a group of five guys he called his mighty men. And Benaiah was one of those people. He was also a general in Israel's army. He was very powerful. Every third month, he would have the responsibility of leading 23,000 men and of forming a lot of the philosophy of the victory for war for Israel. 
He was also the captain of King David's bodyguard. He chose and he trained the most elite of Israel's fighting warriors who would protect the king. He was kind of like King David's uh, head of secret service. And that were the people who protected the king. Now this raises the question, how did this underdog kind of guy, how did he get promoted to such a high position? How did he become so powerful in the kingdom? And there's one sentence in this scripture we're going to read that I think gives us the answer. He no doubt had fear, but because of his faith, he was fearless. Let me read it to you. It's over in 2 Samuel chapter 23, verses uh, 20 through 21. Here's what it says. There was also Benaiah, son of Jehoiada. Jehoiada was a priest. He was his son. He was a valiant warrior from Kabzeel. He did many heroic deeds. Now notice that. He did many heroic deeds. So he was very heroic. And here's three of them that they list. They included killing two champions of Moab. So two of the head guys, like a, a Goliath guy for Moab, their champion, who would go out before the army and kind of intimidate people before the war took place. He killed two of them. Another time, this is our kind of our thought for today. Uh, this is such a cool scripture, I think. On a snowy day... He chased a lion down into a pit, and he killed it. Now, we're going to talk about that. That's stupid. Okay? That was just literally stupid. On a snowy day, when it's slippery, you chase a lion down into a pit, and you kill it. That doesn't make any sense. Okay? But we'll, we'll think about it. Go on. And then the other thing is, once armed only with a club. Now, he had just a little club, you know, about like that. Once armed with a club, he killed a great Egyptian warrior who was armed with a spear. And the spear, it says in another place, was, uh, was a, a, like a, um, a weaver's rod. And a weaver's rod was seven feet long. So he had this big spear, and here's Benaiah with just this little club. And he said, it says, Beniah wrenched the spear from the Egyptian's hand, and he killed him with it. Yeah. Now, we don't know why he killed that lion. Maybe it had killed someone else, and he didn't want that to happen again. Maybe he was given some orders to go kill that lion. Could be. Uh, maybe he was just a wise and smart man who didn't like cats. Because no man really should like cats, okay? Uh, with a single bite, you stop and think. With just a single bite, that, that, that line could crush his skull. And with just a swipe of his paw, he could just cut him open. But Benaiah went head to head with a lion, and he won. Now, normal people don't do that, okay? Normal people don't do that kind of stuff. But also, normal people don't face their fears. You see, if we're ever going to succeed in life, we got to face our fears, believing in God. See, normal people don't inspire or lead people to greatness. Normal people don't change the world. Normal people die with all sorts of regrets, 
Man, I wish I'd have done that. Man, think what that could have been. Boy, I can't imagine what could have happened there. Normal people die with regrets because they're not willing to take the risk in the midst of fear, which we all have. We're all underdogs. We have our fears. They're there all the time. So how do we face our lion? The first thing I want you to see today is this. We look past our big lions, and we see our big God. Now, you know, you look past your big lion, little b, little b, but you, 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 you look at your big God, capital G. And when you look at your little lions in face of your big God, they become little pussycats. And you don't have to be afraid of them when you see God. So the first thing we want to get in, locked into our hearts and minds today is lion chasers, people who, are, who are, are strong for God, look past our big lions, and they all, we have those kind of things all the time in our lives. Things that will pop right in front of us and they can scare us to death. We think they're going to crush us. We think they're going to defeat us. We need to see our big God. Now, that presents an important question that we all have to ask and answer today. What lion do you and I need to chase and conquer? Now, I want you to think for just a moment. What lion do you need to chase and conquer? They're going to come up all the time. Okay? Um, uh, last night, Judy tripped over a box that was sitting by our stair there, and she fell and broke her hip. And so this, you know, what's so interesting was, I was thinking, all these people came to help. You know, within five, ten, seven minutes, the Waukee Fire Department, four guys were there helping and, and helping her and serving us. And then they put her in, took her over to uh, the hospital, and, and, uh, and it just so happened. I mean, it was just a coincidence. I, I you know, it was just kind of, uh, you know, weird that uh, Ian Lynn was on call last night. <laughs> he's a member of our church, and he, he's a, the best orthopedic surgeon in the city, as far as I'm concerned, in the state, maybe. And uh, he's just tremendous, and he was on call. And so he got her in this morning, and she had surgery while we were getting setting up for church this morning, and our kids are over there, and I'm going to go over and see her after church. And, and he said, he sent me some pictures of x-rays that I don't understand. And, uh, <laughs> but he said it all went very well, and uh, she's doing fine. And, and, you know, I, I thought to myself, oh, God. Because, to be honest with you, at our age, you know, when you're in your 50s, um, <laughs> what is all the laughter? Um, uh, when you're in 50s and you fall and you break a bone, it, uh, I'm sorry, when you're in <laughs> my, our ages, okay, uh, you don't want to fall and break a bone. And you don't know what that's going to mean. You don't know how that's all going to work. And uh, it's a little lion. It pops up just like that. You know, it came right out of its den, just, you know. And you have to look to your big God. Because, see, our big God is so much bigger than our little lions, our little pussycats, ultimately, that look so big at one point. And then how God can take care of that. So I'm going to do something I don't normally do, but I just want to share with you pastorally um, that we have several families in this church that are really, really struggling in their marriage right now. And it's just breaking my heart. And there's absolutely no reason for any of it. If you only knew, it is, it's sad. 
And I just want to share that with you. I'm not going to tell you any person. You can do all your imagination you want to. You may not even guess who I'm talking about probably. But I just want you to know that they need our prayers. Because right now they're facing what look to them to be humongous lions. <laughs> Big lions. And I want them so badly to look at an eternally bigger God. Because I will tell you, their situations are so puny and pussycatish, but they look real big right now. Now, I want you to pray for them, but we need to pray for each other, because before this week's over, something like that may happen to you also. You see what I mean? That's life. That's the way we live in this world. We don't know from one day to the next, but we do know something. we got a God who's bigger than any of it. Amen? Amen? Let's give him a hand. And so I want you to be praying for them, just anonymously, but pray for God to, to, uh, to knock down any evil, to knock down any false imagination, to heal any unforgiveness, and to bring renewal in their hearts and lives and rebuilding in their marriages. God can do that. He's our big God, and that's what we're trusting him for. Okay. So if we were followers of Jesus, uh, know this. He's always leading us. He's leading us into places that stretch us. He's leading us into places that, that will cause us to face things that we cannot take care of on our own. God is always up to something in our lives. And what he's wanting to do is to allow those things, whatever they may be, those little lions in life that come, he wants them to come so that we'll look to him, let him take care of that lion. And then we come out more extraordinary than we were before. Because you see, he's wanting to take underdogs and make us more and more top dogs. See? That's what he's up to every day in our lives. And if we, if we look here instead of here, man, we're going to feel defeated all the time. So God's up to make you extraordinary. And, and much of that process comes from working through things, keeping our eyes on him, and then looking back and saying, look what God did. Man, I can trust him for anything. I don't have to be afraid of anything when I've got God on my side. Let me read you a couple quick verses and we'll finish this off. Philippians 5, 6. And I am certain that God who began the good work within you will continue his work until it is finally finished on the day when Christ Jesus returns. God's at work making us more and more and more like Jesus. That's what he's doing. Okay? He uses all kinds of things to do it because his ultimate goal is for us to see Jesus and be like him. And the more that happens here, I guess the easier job it is for God up there. Because that's his goal, to make us like Christ. Look at Ephesians 3.20. Now all glory to God. See where, where, where it all comes from? See where the strength comes from? Now all glory to God, who is able. That's the kind of God you have. He's able. That means there's nothing too hard for him who is able through his mighty power at work within us. And what's so cool is that power is not just there in him, but because he lives in every person who believes in Christ as their Savior, that power is in us. 
the mighty power of God working within us to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think. Hey, what a God we've got, okay? So the first thing he wants us to do is to be people who look past our big lions and see our big God. But the second thing then is to understand that playing it safe is risky. Let me explain that to you because that sounds kind of weird. Playing it safe is really risky. Let me read you Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6. And it is impossible to please God without faith. Oh, so if you and I want to be people who please God, then we got to be people who live by faith, who are constantly acting out, living out our faith. We're not living in fear. When the lions come, we're not living in fear. We're living in faith. It's impossible to please God without faith. And anyone who wants to come to him must believe that God exists and that he rewards those who sincerely seek him. Now, you know what's interesting about you and me? <laughs> Most every one of us are constantly trying to avoid risks, aren't we? Yeah. If I would have taken that stupid box last night, which I looked at and I said I should take it downstairs, and I didn't. Judy had put it there, so I'll blame her partly. <laughs> I'm just not going to take all the blame for this. Come on. You know? But she put it there, but I looked at it. I said, I should take that downstairs before I go to bed, and I didn't. If I would have, huh, you're dead, little lion. It would never have happened, little lion. But it did, and I, you know. So now we work through trusting God, all right? So most of us seek to avoid risks, all right? That's why we have, uh, uh, in our Western life, we have all of this increasing pers per, uh, uh, personal security that we try to work with, okay? We have all of these life insurance and, and health insurance and all these insurance programs, and, and we have all these, these saving accounts and retirement funds, and, and we have all these seat belts, and we have these home security systems that show you when those people are coming to your door and you're calling from the office, get out of there, you know? And we have all these prescription labels, and I could go on with hundreds and hundreds of things. We're always trying to avoid risk, okay? And that makes sense humanly. But faith often asks us to do just the opposite, okay? Faith can never exist without risk. Because, you see, any time we take a step of faith, faith means we haven't seen what's going to happen yet. So I'm taking a risk that God is who he says he is and that he'll do what he says he'll do any time I take a step of faith. And God says, without those kind of steps, it's impossible to please me, he says. So you think of Beniah. If he hadn't chased that lion, he would have increased his personal security and decreased his risk. But he chose to chase that lion, and he decreased his personal security and increased his risk. Now, had he not taken that risk, he would never have killed that lion. But I can almost wager you, if he hadn't killed that lion, 
Plus, probably it helped with those big guys of other warriors, you know. But if he hadn't killed that lion, it would never have gotten back to David. Here's a guy you can trust with your life. Because you know what he did one day? He, he believed God was so strong that he went on a snowy day down into a pit and he killed this lion. And David said, oh my goodness, that's the kind of guy I want protecting me. You see, the way you move up into top dogness <laughs> is being an underdog who takes risks. Believing that God is who he says he is and that God will do what he says he will do. That's the kind of God we have. So here's the truth. The greatest victories in life are usually on the other side of faith. You look at almost any victory you have in your life and it was because you were willing to take a risk. You took a risk. So I want to close with just two questions today. What will happen? Okay, every one of us have our lions, okay? We come to church. Church is the biggest hypocritical time of the week, okay? So we come with all of our lions and we act like we don't have any, all right? But you have to live with yourself all week long. You and I know what we're uh, having to, to work with and work through, okay? Every day, every week. All right, so what will happen if you don't chase your lion? Whatever your lion might be, what happens if you don't chase that and say, God and I are going to defeat you, lion. God and I are going to come out on top. God and I, you're just a pussycat. Don't have to be afraid of you. The second question is, what will happen if you conquer that fear by faith and let God work through you to chase your lion? So you see the lion, but you see the big God. And so you say, I'm going to chase you. I'm going to take the risk that this big God's going to go before me, and he's going to help me through whatever you're trying to bite me with. You have no power over me because God is my power, my mighty power that lives within me. Okay? I'm certain Benaiah was scared to death as he faced that lion. I'll bet his adrenaline was pumping. And uh, we're scared when we see our lions. You know, last night, you know, uh, I've seen so many people break their hips and then they're not quite the same afterwards. You know? What? I, I, well, I, I believe it. I don't know how she could be better. You know, but, uh, but you understand what I'm saying? And that's the first thought that comes to my mind. Now, besides, I want to take care of Judy. Boy, think about our future now. So we've got a trip planned in a couple of weeks, which we ain't going to take. You know, that kind of stuff. See? Hey, thank you. <laughs> I'll give you the tickets if they'll take your name. Uh, <laughs> help me kill that thing. Um, uh, let me give you a, a, a statement here. What we have to do anytime that lion comes is feel the fear and attack anyway. Feel the fear and take the step of faith anyway. Now, what is God calling you today to do, to be, to be a part of for him? Whatever God is doing in your life, because God's always up to something. He's always up to something. 
in our, each of our lives. Because he's out to make us extraordinary. See what extraordinary is? Ordinary, that's extra. You become more and more extra ordinary. That's what he's out to do, to make us top dogs. When we step into our fear, we are really stepping into faith. And then, anytime you step into faith, that's where you meet God, because he's with you. You think of last week's lesson, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego? Do you think they wanted to be thrown into a fiery furnace that was heated seven times hotter than ever before? <laughs> of course not. Do you think they were scared? Sure. But you know what they said? We will not bow down and worship your obnoxious idol, O Nebuchadnezzar. So throw us in the fire. And we believe God will take care of us. And even if he doesn't, we're not going to disobey him. See, I was that faith. They had a big God. And so they got thrown in the furnace. And what happened? Right there in that furnace, there was a fourth person in there with them. And Nebuchadnezzar looked and he said, it looks like a God. <laughs> God was with them. And they came out of that fire without even a singe without even the smell of smoke. You know why? Because they took a risk. See, they could have bowed down one time to that idol and everything had been fine. <laughs> but then that leads to 2 and 3 and 4 and 10 and 12. And they said, no, throw us in the fire. And God was with them. Think of Daniel. Daniel, if you pray to your God, we're going to put you in a den of lions. <laughs> There's that lion again. And he said, I will pray to my God. He even opened his window so people could see. I will pray to my God because he's the only God that's the one true God. And so they threw him in the den of lions, and he used their manes as a pillow for the night. And the next morning, Nebuchadnezzar came, and he said, Daniel, are you there? <laughs> Daniel said, yep. His God had been with him. Think of Peter. Peter saw Jesus, and he wanted to go to him, and yet he was out in a boat on the water, and, and uh, he, did, he did a stupid thing. He put his foot out and tried to walk on that water, and as long as he kept his eyes on Jesus, he walked toward Jesus, and then he, he did what we do so often. He, whoops, oh my goodness, this is water, I forgot, and it's not frozen, I forgot. It's not Iowa, I forgot. Uh -huh. And all of a sudden, he starts sinking, and Jesus is right there to lift him back up. See, any time you take that risk of faith, God's with you. Well, uh, you and I were not created to be normal. And, and here's our theme verse that gets us through all of this. 2 Timothy 1.7, For God has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity, but of power and love and self-discipline. That's who we are in Christ. That's who you and I are when we face our lions this week. And they will probably come. But greater is he that is in you. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Let's go to the last slide, Rachel. I think this should be our prayer. God, Help us be the people. And we could personalize this. God, help me be the person. God, help us be the people 
who always follow you by faith and watch you prove what a big God you are in and through our lives. Any man or woman who has that as their prayer and are willing to take the risks, you know what they become? Top dogs. Not underdogs. Not ordinary. Extraordinary. Top dogs. Because that's what God's out to make us. May we hear his word. May we, please, don't forget it when you walk out to your car. Because you may need it this afternoon or Thursday morning. Let's trust God and watch what he does with people who believe him. So, Lord, we are so grateful for your word to us and for your love for us and for all of the pictures of of these underdogs who uh, you raised up to be great in your kingdom. We don't even begin to understand it. We, uh, we just want to be a part of it. We don't want to miss out on anything you have for any of our lives. So help us to be the people who trust you, who take the risks of faith this week to obey you no matter what the world may try to tell us and who stand back and watch what a God you are. To you be the glory, Lord, now and forever. We love you. We commit these uh, couples that are struggling. Uh, God, be with each one of them. Defeat any evil. Open hearts and minds to you and make them extraordinary instead of just ordinary. Make them top dogs instead of just normal underdogs. Meet their needs according to your riches and glory in Christ Jesus. Melt their hearts. Melt ours, Lord, toward you this week. May we remember your word to us. May we let it live out through us. And we'll praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening. If you're new or want to know more about our Simple Church family, you can visit us online at simple.church or by downloading our simple.church app.